It's all relative. With Susan Bradley. A new original podcast series from News Talk. Welcome to It's All Relative. Today, my guest is a sibling of a very well-known former Irish footballer and a hugely well-liked person in Ireland. I'm speaking to Jamie Duff today, brother of Damien. Jamie's in studio with me at the moment and looking at the long brown hair, I'd never have picked you out of a lineup with the Duff family. He looks completely different to Damien. Really looking forward to talking to you in a sec, Jamie. But I suppose to put our con- our chat into context, here's a bit of a snapshot of Damien and his accolades. When I was reading all the stats and facts and figures, it was unreal just how many they are. His career spans over three decades, beginning in Blackburn Rovers as a trainee in 1996, I believe, made his debut with the club at the age of 18 against Leicester City, where he won Man of the Match, first game, despite Blackburn being relegated then. The following season, he stayed on and helped the club to be promoted back into the Premier League in 2001 and then went on to win the league in 2002. Moved on to Chelsea in 2003 and played under Claudio Ranieri and Jose Mourinho over a three-year period with a phenomenal scoring record, particularly in those crucial games. Then in 2006, Newcastle came calling and Damien enjoyed huge record there until 2009. He moved to Fulham for a three-year contract. First manager at Blackburn Rovers, Roy Hodgson, was at the helm of Fulham. And over the next three years, he played his best football at the club. Besides the Premier League, obviously Damien has represented Ireland over a hundred times. Shorter stints at Melbourne and Shamrock Rovers ensued. And then in 2015, he hung up the boots, announcing his retirement from football. And today... He's a family man, married to Elaine with two children, Woody and Darcy. He works in a number of different business capacities, including the most recent media pundit for RTE's sports coverage of the UEFA Euro 2020. But today, the story is about Jamie. Jamie's life, his own thoughts, his insights and, of course, a chat about growing up within the Duff household. Let's start with the beginning, I guess, and tell us what was it like growing up in the Duff household? Um, obviously, it was a very kind of um, special part of my growing up because all the siblings were there, I suppose. Uh, I was I used to bunk with Damien um, in a bunk bed that was so dangerous. If you jumped into the <laughs> top one, the slats would come down and nearly take the head off you, whoever's sleeping on the bottom bunk. How many kids were there? There's, I have four siblings, so okay. there's Jared, Jen, Damien's in the middle. Then we've got Lindsay and myself, so okay. I'm the youngest. You're the baby. I'm the baby. Golden balls, they call me. <laughs> Still? <laughs> Still. <laughs> they keep slagging you, yeah? Uh, absolutely. And look, term, terms of endearment, I like to think. And looking at you, Jamie, you look nothing like your bro. Nothing. No? Nothing like him. But you do look a little bit like your older brother, Jared, is it? I definitely would look more like Jared. I got the ears and nose that he has. <laughs> Probably comes from my dad's side as well. For those listening, Jamie has long brown hair to <laughs> his shoulders and... Uh, it's a COVID haircut <laughs> I'm working on. <laughs> 
And are you close to your family? Absolutely. We're very tight knit and yeah. it's one of the nicest things probably I could ever have. Mm. And we all get on, get on amazingly well. Uh, hug and kiss each other when we see Aww. each other like people kind of find it m- mad when I see Damon or Jerry give them a big hug and a kiss yeah. on the cheek Lovely. to this day yeah. I think it's very important mm. um, and your mum and dad and well. we've learned that from, from, the, from, our, from the top mum and yeah. dad you know instilling that love into us all mm. um, so yeah mum and dad Ger- Gerard and Mary yeah. they live close by they're literally across the road from me in Dundrum oh, they couldn't go too far from Golden Balls no chance absolutely <laughs> not so uh, they're flying around they're they're fit and healthy as they ever can be um, so yeah everyone, everyone's great good good um, I suppose do you think being the youngest in the family plays a kind of a part in who you have become Absolutely. Um, I'm forever grateful for obviously having such amazing siblings Um, you know, looking up to them over the years, the, the, the achievements they've made, the good decisions, bad decisions they've made. You know, I, I hopefully can take that on board and learn and become a better person myself. Mm. Um, and obviously they keep me in check as well, which is amazing, <laughs> you know, so I'm very lucky to be the youngest and have such amazing people uh, mm. to look up to. That's pretty obvious when you talk about them, how close you are. And you were saying earlier, they all live quite close by and stuff. Yeah. Are you all very, very different in yeah, personality? I suppose we are. And I think that's the great, great thing about our family. You know, everyone has their separate characters and personalities. Um, I suppose quickly going through them all, you've got Jer, who's in the army, and now he's got the kind of more strict, kind of very punctual demands the highest standards of people then Jen who's the bubbly funny one looks after one another has the crack uh, Damien the dark horse in the middle <laughs> the black sheep <laughs> uh, then Lindsay's there the, the very caring loving fantastic mother and then I'm, I'm obviously the youngest there that looks up to all this and can take all that information mm. on hopefully I can become as a great father one day mm. uh, down the road yeah no you you certainly come across as a very kind of open person and very, I suppose, loving to your family and stuff. And, you know, that's really important to you. Absolutely. When you were growing up, was sport a big thing? Obviously, you're a musician. We'll talk about yeah. that in a while. What, what was it like? It's a funny one. Um, probably going back as far as I probably can remember, back when Damien and my eldest brother, Jer, were in school, they were they were pumped into them to be rugby players like really? in De La Salle like Damien was wanted to be a footballer and they were like they're not having it it's egg ball and that's what we're doing here so Jerry loved it he was six foot four at the time uh, Damien was quick and nippy I think they stuck him in full back <laughs> she told me some funny stories where he'd just get on the ball and he'd actually be pretty decent at the rugby yeah. but he obviously went down an avenue of football and um, my sisters never really were probably the sporty type mm. um, regarding myself I was football mad um, you, yeah. Even regarding when I was choosing what school I wanted to go to, I chose Rockbrook because they had a fab- fabulous astro facility. Really? So I chose them over their academic prowess, I, <laughs> I suppose. Um, I kind of, I'm happy with what I achieved at a young age. You know, I've represented Ireland a couple of times, mm. Dublin football. What was a bit disappointing probably was any accolades I made. If I ever did make it into the paper, it was Damien Duff's brother achieved or scored this goal. I never really got the to be given my name on the on the title, you know, it was always living in his kind of shadow was yeah. a bit which was a bit disheartening. But um did, I suppose you're always you, gonna get that. Did you feel because of Damien's achievements that was always gonna be the I case? I suppose. And then even at a, when I when I was probably a, a decent footballer and developed into becoming a good footballer, 
um, people probably expected me to be as good as them or even better, you know, which is disheartening because, you know, you're trying to be your own person and your own, your own development and personality. So, uh, but look, that was always going to come with the having the brother that, that I have. Mm, mm. And then that maybe shifted me into a different career move where I maybe it was fate. I just picked up the guitar and then say la vie. I mean, from that day forward, I think 12, I was, I was dabbling with the guitar, but I was 16 onwards. You know, I did, that was where my dedication uh, was really? focused into. What made you decide, uh, do you know what, I'm going to give the music a go versus the football? I suppose it shows the the discipline of the person I mean regarding Damien any any kind of professional footballers out there know the sacrifices that have to be made no social life no girls no friends no late nights you know I have a great bunch of friends and I probably didn't want to take make those those hard sacrifices you know and then thankfully I kind of found a new focus which I was better at which was music mm. um, and then just went forward from there now I, I obviously still love playing sport and I played a, at a, a intermediate level but um, yeah that was a kind of a, a, an important transition in my life moving from dedication to sport into music yeah and like actually one thing does strike me in every single conversation I have with siblings is this drive that their sibling has this discipline consistent focus and want and desire to be the best they can whereas you and I don't have that Mm -hmm. huge you know I suppose focus um, if I can say that Um, did that really stand out with Damien? Absolutely I could see even from a young age I mean as, as I spoke about the discipline and sacrifices Damien was never a, a person to be on the front of newspapers or magazines or the in a nightclub with sparklers hanging out of a, of a champagne bottle, you know, or pulling up in a red Ferrari. That wasn't him. <laughs> and I really think that standard to him of how successful he was in his career. Yeah. He's so grounded, disciplined, focused, as you said. And I think the biggest thing probably is having such an amazing bunch of people around him and his family, you know. Yeah. None of us siblings or, or our mother and father would let him kind of step out of line, you know, so... But uh, but it still does obviously resolve back to how focused he was and disciplined. Yeah, yeah. You, you sent through some photographs earlier and there's an amazing one of Japan uh, with the World Cup. Absolutely. Do you want to just try and explain, describe that? It's funny when you asked me to root out some photos and I'm actually, I can't wait to actually frame this one. Like, it's amazing. I, I was 12 at the time. Um, I think we it was one all. We, we just drew with the best team in the world who actually went on to win that competition. And we went back to the hotel and there was hundreds upon hundreds of fans. The players were there sinking points again it's no no was on the guitar pass it to me I was singing away uh, you were 12 yeah 12 at Damien Robbie Keane Richie Dunn all sitting beside me I can always remember I don't know why this is the only thing I remember but my leg was beside Richie Dunn's and his was three times the size of mine <laughs> I just always remember that uh, moment and my mum and dad was there obviously as well and uh it was just an absolutely amazing moment. And as you said, when you see the photo, how, how happy my brother is. Yeah. Possibly, obviously, drawn with the world champions, but having having his mum and dad and his younger brother there probably was a big moment as well. He just looks so happy. And I suppose he's got his crew, his tribe around yeah, him it. and everyone else looks so happy. And isn't it interesting how the the love of sport or whatever you succeed in it brings so much joy to your family like the the happiness on your folks faces and you know 
we, we found that all the time. But like sometimes with, with losses, just I suppose even knowing that we were part of it. Did you feel even as a 12 year old that you were in the inner circle? Yeah, I suppose back to what you were saying there, uh, it brings us so, so much joy. I mean, all my siblings, they've all been so successful in whatever career path they've chosen. And I'd like to think that we've all made my mum and dad proud equally, you know. Um, as a, obviously Dame, you know, being in, a, in that career he's in brings a different kind of spotlight, you know, in that in terms of celebrity and stuff. Mm. But I mean, you, I could sit here for hours reminiscing about all the amazing uh, magical times Damien's brought to us through football. Yeah, but I, I need I need three hours with you. Like. <laughs> but obviously that that Japan moment stands out um, probably more than anything else because now just looking at that photo it brings back a of thousand course. memories. Yeah, let's talk about the Premier League and and obviously all the clubs that uh, that Damien has played for. He started with Blackburn Rovers. He did. Um, how how was that for you in terms of him being over there and playing? Well, I do remember vividly actually. I do remember him actually leaving. Um, he was sixteen at the time. Back to he was bunking with me in Moyville in the death trap uh, bunk beds. <laughs> uh, I remember him actually going, and that's where he started his development and career. And then obviously I remember when we when he made it into the first team going over. Um, one thing I do remember is. It brought me hell when I was back in school, just getting bullied all the time. Oh my God, hey. your brother plays for Blackburn, they're brutal, they're this, they're that. And I'm like, jeez, oh, give us a break, <laughs> lads, will you? I got that every day. like, um, But amazing memories, as I was only a kid at the time, going to see the likes of Tim Sherwood, Chris Sutton, Kevin Gallagher. These were all players that Damien even looked up to. Um, and watching Damien kind of develop into the player he then became. It was funny, we always actually reminisced like how heavy he was. Damien was 14 stone. Was he? he? He thought that eating bowls of pasta every day was, was, was the good thing to do. Uh, we always kind of laugh about that. If we look at some photos when he was playing for Blackburn, like you the size of him. But he was still nippy and quick. And was he, yeah? Like, oh, unbelievable. So he's actually, in his latter stage of his career, he trimmed down <laughs> a wee bit. But, uh, I'd, say, I, I'd say the slag and stop, though, when they got relegated and then he stayed on. He did. And then he brought them back up again as being part of that team. I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because the the first division or at that at the time was probably a harder division to get out of, you know, right. than, because it, it's a dog-eat-dog league down there. So when they got back up, that was a huge moment for him. And the fans really appreciated him staying. Yeah. And then I think, I believe, then he kicked on and became the player he... he, he we all know him to be, and he kind of got his, his chance to move on to the big clubs, i.e. Chelsea there. Mm, you really get to know somebody's real personality when the chips are completely of down, course. don't you? Absolutely. And the loyalty and the grit and yeah. the focus, as we talked about. Absolutely. And then he went on to Chelsea, and that was kind of just a whole different really ballgame, was. was it? Just a bit surreal. Um, 16, I probably was at the time. Um, it was actually after the Japan... He was such he was such a phenomenal player and force in that team. I think he deserved it. That's where he got his uh, deserved uh, move to Chelsea. Uh, my God, it's very surreal. I mean, as opposed to Blackburn, seeing them lose probably predominantly every week. <laughs> you're going to Chelsea and they're just hammering teams each week. You know, it was just chalk and cheese really. And then seeing obviously my brother win two consecutive. Premier League medals knowing how hard that is and if you look at the list of top players that have never won those medals it makes me extremely proud mm. Did you used to go to as many matches as you could? I did but back to when I was mentioning my dedication to sport you know I had my did matches you, as well on the yeah. weekends so I didn't really get to go over that that much because you know I didn't want to let my team down as well you know that, that flows through the whole family you know Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't want to just be swanning off going to see my brother. Now, obviously, any time I was available, uh, I bit at the opportunity and it was incredible uh, memories back in Chelsea. Did you support the teams that Damien played for or were it's you funny. loyal to your own? It's funny when people say that. The answer I give is actually I support my brother and I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but, you know, whatever shirt he puts on, I'll support him with, within the shirt. I still have a soft spot for Blackburn, actually. Yeah. Like I mentioned, that was the first time in my life where I started going to football matches. So they'll always have a strong kind of um, impact on my life. Um, Chelsea was kind of a bit more commercialised and trophies and all the glamour and a lot of money flowing around at that yeah. time. I re- wasn't really attracted to that. So Blackburn Rovers probably still is, to my heart, my favourite team. You said you'd have a funny story about Blackburn, didn't you, earlier? Well, it was actually where I got bullied every day in school okay very good <laughs> so now they're actually all those well, bullies are eating their words that's now what I, I mean go, I go come over to the house and you can put Damon's medals on your <laughs> neck <laughs> I love it and when you went over to, to see them were you starstruck at some of the uh, players that played for Chelsea or as you said you just were a little bit more low key well I was 16 at the time so I still was quite starstruck I mean going into the lounge after you've got the likes of Lampard John Terry coming in so yeah it was quite Flash in, Harry's yeah, you're dead right. Now my my mum probably was more starstruck by them. You know, go, Damien, introduce me to John. There, will you? He's a handsome man, isn't he? So like, my mother was more of a kid running around the lounge than I was. There was no selfies back in those days, was there? There wasn't actually. You actually had to pass the phone to someone to take the photo. Or the old-fashioned camera. Because there's a there's a camera. There's a photo actually I sent you there of me and Damien. Uh, that's that, a class one that, the, the one at Chelsea when you won I suppose back in that day there was no front cameras so the one the nice thing is you get you get a whole portrait photo which are, which, with the person you want to get the photo with yeah. yeah and it means more doesn't it it does mean more it does you're right because selfies don't have that kind of I don't know emotional it, attachment I suppose it's more the, the Instagram look who I met kind of thing exactly. now whereas back in the day it just it was more for ye yeah and then a story regarding um, social media is any of the matches I went to I mean, everyone was watching the match and taking it in the moment that you're there. Yeah. And you see nowadays, it's just phones up. It's like, just take in the moment yourself. You know, everything's just regarding around the phone, social media. I remember going to Barcelona, Chelsea with my brother. So my mum and dad were obviously in the in the the top seats there. The warm so, seats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Jerry and myself were in the shed end. And you know what? I actually prefer that. Yeah. Being in with the proper crowd, yeah. you know, the 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 salt of the earth fans and we're just sitting in there and we have no coverage of it we've no photos to this day just our memories and I love That's that lovely. it makes you just sit down and chat about it yeah did so, yeah. did you used to get a lot of people going any tickets any of that kind of crack absolutely I've been getting that all over the years you know uh, any you jersey any jerseys spare tickets I think you have a hard neck first of all but if you're my close buddy or friend I'll look after you but uh, any blow-ins that come in, I think you need to just, you know, assess yourself just for a second. Do you know what? That completely Mooch, is... Moochers, we call them. Is it? We, it, it, like, my, my close friends wouldn't dream of asking, whereas it's people who you don't really see very often. Absolutely. Now, with any charities... Damien, Damien's been fantastic over the years, you know. Any charities that and get involved, he'll, he'll donate jerseys yeah. and whatever he can do. Boots, signed boots. Um... 
but yeah, that, that's all, that's always going to be. We get that, that to this day, you know. Yeah. Even people you don't even know asking for jerseys. So, so what we kind of do is because a lot of Damien's jerseys now, you know, we're going to keep them for his kids, Woody and Darcy and stuff. So we kind of say, look, if you you buy the jersey and I'll get Damien to sign it, no problem. Yeah, they that's kind of, act- they kind of expect you to. Oh like, yeah. Provide the jersey. You have an infinite supply. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A printing factory out the back there. I know, and, <laughs> and I used to kind of be joking when people that I would hardly know asked for tickets. I'd literally be like, "Would you like smoking or?" non-smoking <laughs> and they yeah. kind of look at me you know it's unbelievable like. it is and I, I, moving on from Chelsea obviously there was he was in Newcastle and Fulham too did did they kind of embrace the Duff family you know when you went over and Damien was playing sorry did, did who did who did Fulham did Newcastle when he moved on was was there a real divide the fact that he was in the UK and you were in Ireland 100% um when you think back, obviously I lost him at sixteen years of age. You know, my 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 brother just next of next up from me. Um, I couldn't kind of hang out with him, go kick a ball in the park with him. You know, he's gone from that age consistently. Right. Obviously, got to come home in the summertime, maybe, or we went over to see him. But that goes back to the kind of um focus he had in his life. You know, and the sacrifices he had to make. You know, he had to give up all his friends probably and his family Course, you know yeah. and any kind of relationships he had must have been difficult um, <clears throat> regarding his, his lovely wife now Elaine I remember like even when they had to go to Melbourne great yeah. standard of living it was only a short term thing but I can imagine that can be it had a bit of force on their on the relationship you sure. know from people back home because you're so far away were their uh, kids young when he went to Melbourne yeah they would have been young now um, so that's obviously another t- takes his toll as well yeah of course I remember when he was a coach in Celtic Elaine stayed at home with the kids and he was over there and he was flying back one day a week on a 6am red fl- red eye and then mm. back the night it's just it's it's not feasible that's not going to work in the long term you know mm. being passing chips in the night isn't going to work so, Completely. so thankfully now they've got a nice routine he's back home and I've never seen him actually happier than Maybe. ever yeah. which is great yeah that's brilliant um, when you come up when your name comes up in conversation how do people respond to you Duff obviously being quite a standout name as such do they ask you it's mad I, I used to going back to what I mentioned at the start even when I was a young footballer like uh, Damien Duff's brother it's amazing that I actually don't get that anymore people recognise me for, for myself are. now and it's amazing because I actually never ever get oh there's Duffer's brother or whatnot. I think they go oh Jay what's the story hopefully I've made my own impact in life I'm 32 now uh, I've had a successful kind of music career in the such that I've, I've, I've. What's the measure of success? I was gigging six, seven nights a week, uh, happy, making a few bob. Uh, obviously, COVID came and decimated all that temporarily, um, and then I had to diverse into a new field, which is coffee now. And Brilliant. I think people actually admire that now and they kind of say good on you Jay you know so that whole stigma of uh, not stigma but oh there's Damien's brother it's actually now I have my own my own kind of impact on people and they recognise me as myself no for for sure and that's definitely down to your family and how you were reared in terms of you're super secure as to who you are of course and you're going and doing your own thing yeah how tell us about the coffee move so obviously as I mentioned I was I was flat out with the gigging doing weddings uh, with with a, with a great band of lads that I play with um, just out of the blue literally just decimated as, really? as we know and it's still like yeah. that I don't know if we'll ever get back to what it what it was what's the band called? well I'm in Luna Boys which is a corporate band and then I okay. do my own stuff write my own music I have a few different projects there to keep me busy but um, 
I'm not one to sit at home feeling sorry for myself and not doing that. And so two of my best buddies had set up a, a COVID startup coffee car. Um, I was just constantly hounding them saying, if you need another lad, get, get me involved. They didn't really have a choice to get me on board, <laughs> I suppose. And then when we got together, we started developing these kind of pop-up uh, coffee shops, which we have three at the moment Brilliant. and a car. And it's just been a f- fantastic experience now, you know, diversifying, upskilling. Uh, the experience it's been working with people I mean I worked in bars when I was younger so I'm used to that kind of you know hospitality type mm. of thing I like to think I, I can deal with the good customer and the bad customer uh, and it's been now looking back it's been a wonderful experience and, and it's it's thriving at the minute it? and it's, it's been amazing Brilliant and it means you kind of are up out and gone every day exactly. getting your you know itself stuck into a, a thriving business what's it called the coffee? It's 5-6 max 5-6 is thing, it on? So it's on social media and Great. everything like that, and to come out and we do toasties. The whole works and yeah. Where are you? We're in Balali, Monkstown Farm. We've one in Wayside, and we have a a little coffee car that goes around to skills and corporate stuff if, or That's wedding. Amazing. We do weddings as well. That's we, class. You can throw some Jemison into the coffees <laughs> as well if you want. <laughs> Brilliant! And have you're you're starting up again with singing? With all the gigs are starting to come back now. Yeah, slowly. Post COVID. Um, I think regarding the pub gigs, I'm going to knock that in the head now and stick to doing weddings and corporate stuff because mm. I'm busy now with the coffee. It's a lovely new lifestyle now. I used to be coming home at six in the morning from gigs, and now I'm getting up at six in the morning to go open up a coffee shop. And I've never seen so many sunrises in my life. Amazing. So it's been a great lifestyle change for me. My beautiful partner, Meyer, is on board as well. Um, and all my friends and family have been wonderfully supportive. And as I said, it's a new challenge for me and it's exciting. And it, I've got a new kind of, I don't know, focus now in my life. It has made us reassess, hasn't it? it COVID. Really has. Like with what were we doing before? Were we in the rat race and the hamster wheel? And it was yeah. just go, go, go. Whereas now we're... When people, when people keep talking about COVID, it's always doom and gloom and this, that and the other. And look, I could sit here moaning and whinging about what's happened to music all day long but I, I try and take the positives out of it and if it wasn't for COVID and me sitting down and reflecting for a minute and diversifying as I said into a new kind of uh, business plan I probably never would have gone into the coffee business I wouldn't have had the courage maybe to do it so that COVID knowing that I've just lost my music career gave me the kind of hunger I needed to diversify and start up something so Whenever people are talking about the negativities of COVID, I try and pick it up a bit with a bit of positivity, you know. No, I hear you. And I like you talk about courage. One of the reasons why you and I are here today is because of COVID, because I had this idea in my head for six, seven years, you know, having been fortunate enough to have experienced amazing things in the rugby, I suppose, world with Brian's career. And it was always interesting to me to hear the siblings perspective, because I'm sure you, like I, have been asked so many times, what was it like? You know, you know, so that's why we're here, because it's you step out of your comfort zone and go for it. Exactly. I suppose what when the question you ask from people saying, what's it like? You know, it, it's I'd like to think maybe it's like anyone else having a brother, you know, it's he's he's human you know and he's just as loving as my other siblings he's 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 just as uh, inspiring as my other siblings you know there's nothing different there you know and even him having uh, been exposed to all that money and mm. limelight and celebrity over the years it hasn't changed him 
Um, and I think that that's such a, a stead to him. You know, mm. he's been fantastic. He's never let any of that go to his head. He's he's been just as amazing as my other siblings, and he, he's never had to change through getting those stimulus of money, yeah. limelight, or or success. Do you feel protective of him when you know, say, for example, you go out and people might be looking? It's a funny one. Dam- Damien always used to be a little bit. I don't know, like a not recluse, but. He always keep himself to himself, and as I said, that I think that was been a huge kind of power to him to keeping his head down and and driving on with his with his focus. But even when he'd be sitting around us after a match and people are coming over asking for autographs, he used to kind of be kind of be a bit moody about it, you know. And I kind of would actually go, look, this comes with the package, you know what I mean? You got to do the mm. autographs, put a smile on. Mm. Um, but as I said. That's that's these are small things that come with the game. It's part know. of it, yeah. Um, when you get together now, I'm sure there's like the slaggings going on amongst oh. the siblings. The youth them calling you golden balls. What you, golden balls. Do you know? I think if 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 we're not slagging each other, there's some there's a, there's something happening, you know. Yeah. We just met up there uh, last week for my mother's seventieth, and we were celebrating their fiftieth wedding anniversary as well. And although we do see each other a lot, it's hard getting the whole lot of us together with all the different um, dedications we have and everyone's yeah. got families and stuff so it was wonderful having us all there last week and we were having the great crack you know it's, it reminds me of Christmas time because they're the times we have everyone together and we reminisce about all the memories and the old times you know yeah. and on top of all the slaggings <laughs> yeah no absolutely we're the same my, my ears were red raw after it don't worry really? <laughs> <laughs> who, who, would they all be slagging you do the gang up oh I don't know any publicity is good publicity I just I'm getting it from all <laughs> angles really <Flashed> <laughs> Um, would would you see any of them in particular? Like Damien doesn't live too far from you, and he's obviously married to Elaine and yeah. has his two kids and stuff. Would you be a good uncle? Would you see the kids much? Yeah, like I try my best to get out to um, Kilmac. Obviously, they're a bit out of the beaten track uh, from me and Dundrum. Um, with the COVID restrictions as well, you know yourself that road into Bray. I think there was a twenty-four hour checkpoint down there. <laughs> Um, there was only so many times I could say I'm dropping milk and bread to me folks to the guards <laughs> um, but they're, they're wonderful hosts as well they had us over for Christmas there and it was wonderful you know mm. we do a bit of karaoke and uh, what not and they put on a, a wonderful spread mm. so they're very accommodating to us as well they're, Brian and Damien are, are, are pals and you know you and I have said there's quite a lot of similarities between them you told me a funny story though comparing footballers to rugby um, earlier on t- today yeah. tell us about that so obviously Damien and Brian would have a relationship through meeting through different kind of I don't know uh, I don't know functions in life I don't know crossing paths um, Brian one time was explaining to Damien that after matches he all the lads kind of come together take their gear off go into the boot room and start cleaning cleaning their boots together and having a crack and kind of the, getting the camaraderie going and Damon just couldn't relate to that at all he was like what? you, cl- you, cl- you clean your own boots? <laughs> it just shows you how sheltered the modern footballer is Like he was like you clean your own boots Brian I don't get that at all obviously <laughs> premiership footballers get everything polished for them cleaned, folded, pressed they don't understand and I just thought that was a lovely humbling story Brian said because I was there and Damien was just like his jaw had dropped like so I hope that kind of had an impact on Damien as much as it did on me yeah and like the the bling when the footballers oh. come into the lounge and unbelievable it's gas isn't it and the, the car is out the, the front it's just and that's why back to that that thing about the cars you know Damien look 
he would have had his, his his share of nice cars over the over the years, but he never would have bowled up in a red Ferrari or anything <laughs> like that. You know, none of the siblings or my mum dad would have allowed it anyway. So. It's a, being grounded, I think, has been such an important thing to him. Totally. I was had a obviously a work with Brian, but we um we pulled up beside each other and I took a photo of my, you know, Korean import SUV <laughs> versus Brian's oh, yeah. Rush <laughs> ambassadorial car. Okay. And do you know what? I just thought it was gas. I'm Absolutely. very happy with, you know. Absolutely my life and I'm very, very lucky. So That's it. Yeah, and you, you totally we're bouncing off each other like we're exactly the same in that regard very happy with who you are who you're with what you're doing and so on 100% Um, and I suppose finishing up before we we, we head in terms of now and what Damien's doing he was brilliant with the UEFA 2020s he's happy out and involved in a number of different things as I said and I think my 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 other siblings my mum and dad will echo this um Damien, I've never seen him as happy in my life, you know, and I think he was actually fantastic at the Euros. Um, even your brother Brian texted me on Instagram saying, "Ah, oh, Duffer's doing great, isn't he?" And I honestly think he was—he's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Even looking at his media career from the start, you know, he probably wouldn't have been the most eloquent at the time. Quite nervous, a few as uh, thrown in there, <laughs> and I kind of addressed it with him. I go, "Look, we need to iron that out there." And look, if you see his development through his eloquence. It's, he's amazing now and he's confident throws his tuppence worth in leaves a little dig in there when it needs to be done doesn't yeah. give the cliches doesn't sit on the fence honestly I think he's been absolutely fantastic and I don't know what his plans are he says he has it all under control which he obviously does he's he's very driven and has all his plans laid out uh, I'd like to see him kind of have a, a career in media or in TV because I honestly think he's been fantastic yeah and he doesn't talk for the sake of talking I remember he mentioned something I need to go because I want to go for a pint with my dad he did and I was with my dad as well I didn't get a shout out on the, on the, on the TV <laughs> story of our lives oh look that's it the Do you know? but it was amazing because he, he straight he after care, he had the like... same, same gear on him Yeah, came down we watched the next match with my dad and they're the small moments that are lovely you know just sitting yeah. there with my dad and having a pint and chatting and stuff so yeah. I actually remember that it was lovely. Yeah, I and just it, didn't get the show. <laughs> we're not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Our shrinks are saying we're doing well, right? Well, look, you're, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks. That was a really enjoyable chat. Yeah, and thanks for giving us such an insight. And best of luck Thank with you everything so you do. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much to my guest Jamie Duff for coming into studio today and having that really fun chat. Don't forget, you can check out Jamie's music on Instagram at Jamie Duff Music or pop over for a coffee, toasty, chat and so on at 56max over near Sandyford. All the info is on his Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you really like what you heard today. Till the next time.